Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. She's Ann Friedman. She is Aminatu So. And we're back today. It's so fun to be back. We are back and love chatting with you. Love also that we are about to hand off today's episode to two of our very favorite podcasters. Our summer of friendship continues, and we are going to get a peek inside the friendship of Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer, who host Forever 35. Truly, we love this show. We love these women. They are both writers and creative forces in their own right. Dory has a brand new memoir out called Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. Um, And Kate is also a lovely memoirist. And um, together, we cannot get enough of their dynamic. Like, yes, their show is about beauty and serums and self-care, but it is also just a show that I really loved listening to in the pandemic when I wanted a little like zone out pleasant company in my ears. And um, I'm so thrilled to give all of our listeners a peek into this friendship as well. You kind of hear the surface level on their show. And uh, this is a real treat going deeper. Here are Dory and Kate from Forever 35. Listen in. Hey, Kate. Hi, Dory. How's it going? It's going great. Let's just disclose what I was just going to say. This is a conversation about friendship. And let's just say that we just talked for 30 minutes prior to recording this. Oh, we sure did. <laughs> we just gabbed it up. It's great to see you. I'm, I'm excited to talk about our friendship. Should we start by giving everyone our friendship origin story? Because it's very like of a time. It's very aughts. Yes. It's very Gen X or aught. Yes, yes, yes. We, well, you know, I first knew who you were, obviously, because you were a writer at Gawker.com, which if you were a 20-something in the aughts, you had a tab open at all times on your work computer to Gawker. And so I always knew who you were. And then we became friends on the microblogging app Tumblr, probably in like, what, like 2008? I mean, prior to it being an app. It was a website. It was a website. Yeah, you're right. I don't even know if apps existed at that point. I feel like they didn't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I don't remember how I found your Tumblr. You must have been reblogged by someone I was following or, but um, I was like, oh, this woman is really cool and funny, but you also were grieving. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you want, just what you love when a person (laughs) I shouldn't say that, you know, obviously, Uh, we love grief. But yes, I was my mom had died. So uh, had died in 2007. And so a lot of my Tumblr content was about reentering the world as a grieving motherless person. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that you were, quote unquote, attracted to that. I was I was drawn to it because I feel like it's hard to write about grief without being super sentimental or maudlin and you just had this, you struck a really great tone, I thought, which carried over into the book you wrote about grief. Thanks, Dory. Dead Moms Club. 
Um, so yeah, so we we followed each other on Tumblr, and then I feel like we also followed each other on Twitter while you were you were still tweeting, which you mm-hmm. don't anymore. No, it's been about three years of non-tweeting. And but then, yeah, like we we were internet but we were in, friends. But yeah, we were in like we were kind of in different worlds in New York. Like I was in more of like a media and journalism world. You were in like this UCB improv comedy world and i guess those worlds like at least for me at the time didn't really overlap and i also worked in media weirdly like we were both working in digital media but there was definitely like a scene that i feel like you were at the forefront of that was very cool and aspirational that i just like would i loved like watching it occur online and I, and I, I used to read all your work. So like I did come into our friendship and I think this does happen probably now all the time. Like I already knew all about you because I had read your about you. Like I'd read all your work, mm. which often it was very personal. So, you know, I yeah. like, knew all about your dog who had passed away and that you had, you know, been in a relationship that had ended and, and I had known where you lived in New York City. Like I really knew a lot of details. I mean, I really put a lot of stuff out there. Well, Probably we both not great did. for for privacy reasons. Um, <laughs> but then you moved to LA mm-hmm. in 2012? 2011. And I was still in New York, but then I moved to LA in 2013. I don't remember who reached out to whom, but we decided to get drinks IRL. I think you reached out to me. And I think that because I think you, in hindsight, like now knowing you, you were really proactive in forming connections in Los Angeles when you moved here. That is accurate. And I remember also you including me in social things when we were like first becoming friends, real friends, that like I found touching because I'm so shy and I'm so like, I don't, put my or I'm getting better at it but I don't put myself out there and I, I just remember you like inviting me to like a makeup swap at your house oh yeah that was really fun yeah and, which and is kind like and that. also kind of foreshadowy to like I what know. we do now isn't that funny so weird that's so funny but also you had a kid well I had two kids by the time you'd moved out here but I and I had just given birth I think like two months before when we went and yeah. got a drink Maybe six weeks before it was something. Yeah, kind you of had really crazy. recently given birth. Yeah, I and sure that, had. Yeah, and so that kind of started our IRL friendship, and then a couple years later, I decided I wanted to be in a writing group, and I just asked you if you wanted to be in like a two-person writing group. Like in retrospect, it's so it's kind of weird that I did that, but well, because like we I'm weren't sorry. that good friends at the time. Like we were friends, but I think actually the only like one-on-one activity we had done was going to a call your girlfriend show. That's right. I know you. I, you invited me to go on a friend date to yes. their live show at the Ace yes. Hotel. Yes. It was so good. I mean, again, talk about like aspirational foreshadowing. For, I know. You know, our, our like, oh, original like, podcast role models are yeah. Anne and Aminatu. So, uh, yeah. And I, you know, it was funny. I have a very vivid memory of this of you and I discussing like getting a little writer's group together. And I was like, what if we added this third person? And you were like, no. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, Did I say yes. that? You were like, I just <laughs> want it to be. <laughs> 
but then it really you know, kind of worked out. It really kind of worked. And I don't, I can't remember like exactly what I was thinking at the time, but I, I can surmise that part of my reluctance to add a third person was solely logistics. That any time you start adding more people, trying to find a time that is like available for everyone just gets super complicated. Forget it. And I was like, we can just do this, the two of us. <laughs> and we so did. we started meeting, was it monthly? Did we meet monthly? I don't even remember the frequency. I don't but either. But over the course of that time, we both wrote and sold books. Yeah. We yeah. did it. We I did know. what we, we set out fully, to do. Yeah, we fully did what we set out to do, which is kind of wild. Um, and then okay, we made here's a, a question. And then yes. we made a podcast. Here's a question for you. What is something that you get from our friendship that is unique that like you don't get from any other friendship? I mean, one thing I do think that's really interesting is that a lot of my close friendships, not all of them, but a lot of the people I'm really close with date back to earlier times in my life. Like I've known them for much mm -hmm. longer. And so mm -hmm. I really value you as an adult friendship. A person who I met when, as an adult, who is also an adult, who we don't have the baggage of like a decades long growth together. Yeah. And so I feel like we both come into our relationship. I just, I just kind of from like a different point in our lives that I find really beneficial and you know I also just like individually thinking of you specifically you're just an incredibly like sound and stable and consistent person and I feel like uh, you're you are a very patient sounding board and oh, I don't ever you. feel um like I'm burdening you with my problems. No, <laughs> I love I love Sometimes. people's problems. I mean, today I woke up and I was annoyed about something and I immediately was like, time to text Dory that I'm annoyed about this. <laughs> you were not annoying me, but it just I just was like, oh, I'm going to go to my usual sounding board of a person who will hear me and patiently redirect my energy. And so that that is what. Yeah, I felt like actually I was like, oh, no, did I? I was like, I don't think I gave Kate the response she was looking for. <laughs> no, you did. You get, you did, but then you also were like, "Hey, recalibrate. Like, just okay. check, recheck yourself a little bit." And so, it was yeah, good yeah, advice. yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks. You know, it's funny you say that about me being an adult friend because I feel like I have a lot of adult friends, but what I what I especially value about our friendship is like you weren't a media friend. Even though we like met through media kind of, but I don't know. There's something about that aspect of our friendship that I really appreciate. I also feel like, like I never have to worry about like seeming cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love Not because that. you're not cool, but because I feel like, you're just like you're so not judgmental oh. and oh so no nice. don't no, I'm not really crying that's um, so nice yeah I really feel like the conversation we had before we started recording I felt like it was a pretty vulnerable conversation 
to have. Yes, but you know, it's like, it's filled with such laughter that you almost don't realize that you're having an actually like a vulnerable conversation. Right. But I, but you're, I feel like you're always so good at you. Like you're really good at hearing me also. Oh, thank you. I, that, I and I, that. you know what else I really value about our friendship? You know, I have a two year old now and you have a 10 year old and an eight year old. Yeah. And so like, you've kind of been there, done that with two kids. And so some of the things that like stress me out about being a mom or like the world of moms, you can kind of talk me down and be and either <sighs> be like, you know what? I've been there and like this is how I felt and this is what happened or, you know, like you just you just have this wisdom that I don't have a ton of friends who I feel like I can talk to who have that wisdom. Like a lot of my mom friends quote unquote are are people whose kids are the same age as my kid yeah and which is great and really valuable also but different you know like we're just all we're muddling through it ourselves you know yeah (laughs) and you're like fully on the other side of a lot of the things that we're dealing with well i appreciate you saying that also because my i never want to be the kind of like parent who to other parents is like oh just you wait it gets so much harder or like the like savor it now you know there's all these kind of like uh refrains of parenting advice the just you wait drives me so crazy it was like it starts when you're pregnant you know it's like everything is well just wait till mama and i like i always wanted to be like shut up (laughs) (laughs) because on the one like sometimes it's like can you just like let me be in this moment of whatever it is and also like i might not have the same experience that you had you know like mm-hmm. we had all these people saying like well just you wait about our son like not sleeping and you know we had some struggles with sleep but like knock on wood for the most part he's been a pretty good sleeper and so that was the kind of thing where i was like hey you know what actually that like wasn't my experience but like thanks for stressing me out about it yeah no. <laughs> i think there's i don't know there's a whole like ex- way in which people center themselves in conversations about parenting that's mm-hmm. really could be a whole other podcast here's a question totally. that we've been asked dory Tell us about one of your longest running inside jokes, a.k.a. personal memes. I have one immediately off the top of my head. Oh, my gosh. What is it? Okay. So here's a here's a really important aspect of my friendship with Dory is that Dory will say something or come up with an idea or be like, hey, I think we should do this. And I'll always be like, I need to mull it over. <laughs> and then about like three weeks go by and then I repitch Dory's idea to the both of us or I'm like, hey, I had this great. I've come to this amazing conclusion. And Dory will then say. <laughs> Sometimes I even have the receipts, like the text receipts. Yes. I'm like, oh, you fully do. Can I actually crazy. said this exact thing? It is problematic. Like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> because I do the thing. It's, it's like what gets talked about in meetings. Oftentimes, I think uh, in like a, a gender ni- dynamic where like, us let's say a woman would suggest something in a meeting and it get it will get ignored and then a male colleague or boss will like regurgitate it as their own idea 
Do you recognize yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I know what you're and talking I about. And I do that to you, which I don't like, but I can't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't think that that is what is going on with you. I, <laughs> I think with you, I think that it takes, like, sometimes it takes you a little time to process things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. sometimes when I, like, propose something, I also, when I come up with a new idea, I sometimes get, like, super excited about it. And I'm like, I want to, like, do it now. And you're like, okay, slow your roll. <laughs> Which is good also. Like, we should not do every single wackadoodle idea that I come up with. <laughs> you do so have a lot of ideas. You are often just like, okay, like, let's think about it. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, Kate hated that idea. And then, like, weeks later, I think when you've had time to process it, But, like, you also have a million other things going on in your life. So, like, it's almost like you have this, like, little thing in the back of your head that's, like, ding, 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 ding. And you're, like, oh, that would be such a good idea. But, like, you can't remember where you heard it from. Thank God you remember. And then you say something. And I'm, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, this has happened (laughs) a lot. I can't stress how many times this has happened. So, I, yeah. (laughs) At least I feel like I'm somewhat aware of it, but... You are. You're aware whew. of it. And, you know, I could also... as I think I've said this before, but, like, if I wanted to, I could, like, really fuck with you and kind of, like, inception you to, like... Yes. Like, have ideas that were actually, like, bad. <laughs> Put them on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would never do that. This isn't like a meme or an inside joke, but I think it's something that we both enjoy. <laughs> I'm already laughing. And I'm sure other people do this too. But like you and I, I think, have a really amazing ability to get obsessed with inconsequential people. Yes. We, we just, this is what we were doing before we, we just started recording did this. this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's often like a particular kind of like, semi-influencery or someone who like is tangentially in our lives like someone who we encounter where we're like what is that person's deal and like you and I will do a deep fucking dive like we will will find we put on our fedoras (laughs) we put on our fedoras and we have like their home addresses (laughs) their like childhood pet name we have all their security questions answered and yeah and it's, I think, it's nice to like, it's but that also like makes me feel validated because oh, yes. like not everyone would be into that. Like some people would be like, why are you like, A, why are you even wasting your time on this person who does not matter? And B, like, isn't that a little creepy? And to that, I would say yes. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I do think that speaks to kind of the way that our brains work which is like an inve- we both I think have investigative brains yes and can put mm-hmm. it on and and tend to you know I wrote about celebrities early on in my writing career yes 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 and and then I, and it's taken me a long time to realize like I didn't 
I just couldn't stop learning about them. Like I needed to know everything. And it was, it feels compulsive at times, but it's fascinating to me to learn about the human experience and, or just who is this person? So I, and I think that's right. also why I enjoy interviewing people on our podcast. You know, like I, I really am yes. curious about, yes. about getting, about really understanding people. And so I think in like that can, that can play be advantageous to us and what we do for a living, but also it can just be like really deep diving on like new, like a person that we met at a party. Yes. And I think for me, a lot of times my like motivating question is like, how is this person rich? <laughs> and you always find the answer. I will say you're better at it. I mean, because, you're really good at this. Well, like I, I don't know all that like money stuff is just so fascinating to me and like generational wealth is fascinating to me and, and like so often it is generational wealth and it's like oh you like you find something out about you know someone's family and you're like oh that makes sense why like they live in that house or whatever um so I appreciate that like you're down to you're down to find that out too oh yeah I'm down to Google. you're down for you're down for that journey I am. <laughs> I mean, this does, one of the questions we were asked are what are the privilege and power dynamics that affect your friendship? This is a little bit of a segue talking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. examining people's wealth. I mean, what are the privilege and power dynamics? I don't know if that they affect our friendship. I mean, I do think one thing that we have both kind of come into at the same time is that we have dual, we're both in dual income partnerships with our spouse and that has allowed for us to at times like leave jobs and try to pursue yep. creative things that many people would not be able to do because we have that um that financial security in our uh marriages mm -hmm. and i think that allowed for us sure. to i mean we were i was freelancing you're working full-time at buzzfeed when we started our podcast but like there was a lot of room for me to be able to be like, I'm going to do, I'm going to focus my attention on this podcast that may or may not make money and not actually like focus on the writing jobs that do bring in money. Um, and that hasn't always been the state of my relationship with my husband, but it definitely was when we started the podcast. And so that is, I yeah. think a huge privilege. And then also I think we have access to people based on past relationships that wait, mm -hmm. does this affect our friendship? I don't know if these things affect our friendship. I'm more thinking about how they affect our working relationship. I don't know. Yeah. Are there privileged? Do you think, do you, can you think of privileges and power dynamics that affect our friendship? You know, cause we both are like, we're both white women. Yeah. We're both cis hat women. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm assuming that you would agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. We both uh, have a lot of financial security at the moment, you know? So I feel like those, Things. Well, I think one thing mm -hmm. is like you and your husband own your house. We do. And my husband and I rent. And living in Los Angeles, I think it's becoming increasingly harder to especially like buy a first home. And so that is something that like and it's not it's not like just you. It's you know, it's something that I feel sort of confronted with in a lot of places. And it also makes me feel like less settled. Like you feel like settled mm -hmm. in your yeah. home. Like you know it's your home. 
And I don't like really have that. And so, but again, like, I don't know that that like affects our friendship. No, but I do think it can affect or it can influence a relationship in the way in which two people come into a friendship or the, you know, the perspectives and also just the points of view. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do you think we have shared values? I think we what have are the values, values you share as friends. Hmm. I mean, I I do think like we're pretty uh, communicative, mm-hmm. and I I appreciate that because I'm I am trying to learn how to be a better friend, and I do feel like you've communicated not and very gently if like I've done shit that's not cool and I'm really trying to work on that because I do feel like I have a habit of just being a flake I mean listen we also can talk about my adult ADHD discoveries that are rocking my life but I I just feel like you uh, like there's a a level of respect that I feel like um, is both expected and given and I really appreciate that I don't ever feel like there's I'm giving and not receiving in my friendship with you. And I, mm. and I try to, uh, I strive to honor that because I do feel like that is like, you're very, there's no, there's no games. And I hope I don't bring games you know to the table. Either. I no, you don't. And I actually, now that you're saying that, like I'm realizing how many friendships I had kind of earlier in my life that were, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but like felt one sided in a way that, like ultimately didn't make me feel good. Yeah. And I never feel that from you. So thank you. You know, um, we, we were asked like, has there been a time when you worried your friendship might not make it? I don't personally feel like there's been a time where I've been like, this isn't going to work. And in many ways I sometimes am like, is the other shoe ever going to drop? Or Dory and I just like really in a secure partnership. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I've asked myself the same questions and like it going back to, you know, being adult friends and like becoming friends at at that specific point in our lives. Like, I feel like I now I understand how to be a better friend. And there's friendships that I still have with people that we're still friends, but I don't feel like it's as functional a dynamic. Yeah, I totally get that. Like, I I feel like I have friends who, if like, if the shit really hit the fan and I like, I really needed something, they would 100% be there for me. But on like a day-to-day basis, maybe not so much, you know? Which, you know, if I like really want to get deep about it, I feel like is the dynamic I have with my dad. So like wow. there's all kinds of like there. Oh, that's really interesting. So, okay. So I think it's like not coincidental that you and I became friends after I'd been through a lot of therapy and like dealt with a lot of my shit and really kind of came to terms with the way the the types of relationships that I got into and the types of friendships that I got into. And now I think I'm able to be in healthier relationships. 
That's so great. So, yeah, I know. Um, which, like, you know, I think that I think it's not coincidental that we like became close friends when we did. Like, I actually don't think we would have been close friends if we had met in our late, like our 20s. No way. I don't think so either. You nope. know? So like, that's really interesting to me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. Like if, what if we had met in high school? Right. And you know, that also, you know, now that you say that, it makes me wonder, like, are there people in high school that I wasn't friends with at all who like now we would be really good friends? And like, probably, Yes, I think so too. You know, totally. And I actually feel like not sorrow about that because you can't go back and live your life. This is okay. I think we have time for like one more question. Okay. Okay. So here's here's an interesting question. How is your on air friendship different from the off air offline version? Yeah, this is like so. I guess we should clarify that in 2018 we started our podcast together called Forever 35, kind of not knowing what it would be what it would turn into and having really no expectations for it right like it's not like we set out to start a business it was really something we both did for fun and have been really lucky that it's become something we get to do as our work so I think because of that we weren't really like setting out to be anything but ourselves on the podcast so I don't I don't think our on-air friendship is very different from our offline selves together. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think what you hear on our podcast is pretty, is, is like the conversations we would have offline, off the air. Yeah. I mean, that's how it started, essentially, was we wanted to have the conversations yep. we were having offline on a podcast because we weren't really hearing them many places. And so I don't, I mean, I think that's why when, when our listeners feel like they do know us and know our friendship, it's because they do. Like, it's really, yeah. there's not much, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say there's not much difference. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. So thank <laughs> thank God they, they put up with it. <laughs> <sighs> well, Dory, what have been our friendship highs? I mean, I think starting the podcast. Yeah, I mean, professionally, and, like, that's been really professionally positive. Um, also, like, <laughs> even though we never wrote it, I had a lot of fun, like, trying to write a screenplay with you. Me too. And look, if anyone... <laughs> I forgot, we forgot to mention <laughs> that part. <laughs> tried to write a movie. <laughs> and then we were both like, what? I don't know about this, yeah. but I will tell you, I still think it's a good idea. And I still imagine Chris Evans is the guy in it. I know. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be great. So that, yeah, that was, that was really fun. Yeah, that was, fun. I think, yeah, I, I think that our friendship and our professional lives are so intertwined that it's hard to kind of separate them yeah which ultimately i hope is okay yeah i I mean so far it's been it has been okay and i I will say i i do get inspiration from a lot of other podcast business relationships that are modeled by other podcasters who are also friends yeah 
Um, because I do yep. think it's possible. And same with like writing teams and production partners and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I do think it is, um, it is possible. I'm not sure about Lowe's. I don't personally feel like we've had like a um, dark night of the soul moment. I don't either. I, th- I can't, I, I truly can't really think of anything. I can't either. And again, like there, ha- there always is a part of me that's like, what's wrong with us? That we haven't had that? I know. But I also feel like if that does happen or when it does happen, I do think like we, we both would come to it from a place of trying to work it out. Yeah. Um, I think so. Like we're definitely workers at this stuff. And I do think, mm-hmm. and I do think one thing you've made me better at is like actually addressing, um, like talking about the uncomfortable things because I'm so avoidant mm. and I'm non-confrontational and um, I can't handle upsetting people. So you're not like that. And so you've both like modeled that. And also I think feel like helped me kind of have those conversations a little bit more in our friendship and relationship. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Kate. I mean, I'm trying to think of a low, even a funny low. I truly can't think of one. Yeah, I can't either. Well, listen, if we get one, we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, this has been fun. This? I love talking about us. <laughs> Why has this been so enjoyable? Oh, because it's just us <laughs> reflecting on ourselves. Uh, uh, can I? Sh- can I? Well, can we answer one more of these questions? Because I am. I do just yes, want to. I'm really yes. interested in f- if you have thoughts on this. Does our friendship have any third rails topics you just don't touch with each other? Do we? Does it? I would say the only thing I'm always like still bashful to talk about is sex because that is like an ingrained. Um, the way I've been yeah. like, brought up to feel about it. And so I'm, st- I still don't like, I still like can't even talk about it that well. Yeah. I don't really talk about it either, but I don't think I have any friends that I like really talk about it with. Do you? A little bit. Yeah. I sometimes, and I have in the past, but for some reason I just like that to me is is like when I read your your book and it was you know you you detail a lot of like your sexcapades mm-hmm. and I was like oh mm-hmm. I'm really learning about this like one side of Dory that I don't know that much about <laughs> not that it's taboo for us to talk about and I love talking about sexuality and intimacy and and I'm very open-minded about it but I but for some reason not for some reason for like the way that I was raised as a human it's still hard for me to actually like get into I get that. So that's my only one I can think of. This has been a pleasure. I'm really uh, as always. touched that we were um, invited to share. I know, me too. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, that means a lot, especially getting to do it on Call Your Girlfriend, which is just such a model of what it means to be in a friendship, in a true friendship. Yes. Really. Yes. You can find more about Forever 35 at forever35podcast.com. And uh, thanks to Dory and Kate for sharing so many beautiful stories with us today. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all your faves. Subscribe, rate, review, you know the drill. 
call us back, leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at callyrgf. And you can buy our book, Big Friendship, anywhere you buy books, but we are really partial to independent bookstores. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Sneed. Our producer is Jordan Bailey. This podcast is executive produced by Gina Delva.